0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hello folks and welcome to the third episode of the Wisdom Extra podcast in partnership with Betfair Exchange. I'm your host uh, for the day, Phil Walker, and as well as bringing you a daily podcast throughout the World Cup once a week, we'll be bringing you a little something extra, a special bumper show, digesting all the action so far, and looking forward to the week ahead with a sprinkling of expert betting tips for those of you that way inclined. Okay, we've bounded into week three on the back of a bunch of memorable games and a handful of amusing stinkers. right, here we go. After 15 matches, we've seen drum roll 6 centuries 35 50s 21 ducks of which angelo Matthews has actually nabbed two for himself meaning that he's yet to get off the mark in the tournament 98 sixes with joss butler hitting six on his own 200 one wickets with a pair of Kiwis, neither of whom are called Bolt or Southie, top of the wicket-taking chart. One pair of banned wicket-keeping gloves, 56 beard, 92 comedy moustaches, one come-and-get-me plea from A.B. de Villiers, 71 slow-motion cutaways of Virat Kohli looking hurt and scandalised in the field, and a bit like Blackadder in Season 2. One pole umpire, three wins in a row for New Zealand, three defeats for Afghanistan and South Africa, three scores over 300 in a row for England... And more lists of numbers to fill rained off days of cricket than strictly necessary. That's right, the rains have come. We are on a Monday evening and we've just had uh, a washout. South Africa and the West Indies managed to get seven and a half overs in and the rain has moved in. Unbowed, it's my great pleasure to welcome the indomitable Mr. Will McPherson, head cricket honcho of the Evening Standard, to the pod. Thank you for having me, great to be here. And of course, welcome back, the great Joe Harmon, uh, who had the cheek to have a day off yesterday Well, he's back in the saddle. Hello again, Joe. Hello, Phil. Right then, so as we stare out at the Oval as well, we are back in the Oval, thankfully, back where we belong. It's a rather grey and miserable look out there and a sense of the, the, the fairground having moved on. Uh, where, where, are we, where are we in this tournament? 10, 11 days in now, into the third week. Will McPherson, what's tickled your fancy?
0: Um, well, uh, you mentioned the Oval, and we we were just saying how it almost feels like the show's rolling out of South London, is not it, a little bit? I mean, And most mean, pity. It's quite lai- well laid out, this tournament, but the Oval has been the sort of central place in the early stages of it. It's South Africa, England to open it, and then Bangladesh had those two great games where it felt like you were in Dhaka uh, when you're here. I and mean, then yesterday... India beat Australia and that was another sort of great occasion. We're nearly done here. I mentioned Bangladesh there. You asked what we'd learned this week. A week ago they were sort of everyone's everyone's favourite team because they beat South Africa and then they came so close against New Zealand. I mean they didn't deserve to win that game at all but they got really close to uh, pulling off an upset against Joe's boys and then <laughs> they sort of came unstuck against England so suddenly all the sort of hope and you know sort of Bangladesh in the big time stories have faded a little bit, and it feels like they maybe just don't have the bowling to go go that far.
2: And you were saying, Will, you think already at this stage it's starting to become reasonably clear who at least three of the teams going through
0: are? I, th- I think the tournament's really taken shape. I think India and England are better than anyone else, I and mean, I think New Zealand have had a, this lovely sort of soft landing into the competition where they played three of the weaker teams up front and have got three wins, and then. Just been, it was there's a bit of rain about this week, which just possibly means we in a week's time when you have to do this podcast again, (laughs) have to. Um, and you've got to say what you've learned in the last week that you'll have watched a lot of rain, and so actually, nothing will change. And then New Zealand might be have the equivalent of four wins from five games, say, or three and a half from four, and then you're getting quite close, aren't you? You'd probably only need,
2: yeah, I mean, six. As you say, New Zealand are my, my, my dad's a Kiwi, hence Will <laughs> saying they are my boys. I've got split loyalties on this one. Two bites at the cherry. But they have had a, an easy start to the tournament, which has obviously suited them well if the, if the weather's going to break at this at this stage. Uh, I don't think they've looked hugely convincing in those wins. Game Williamson has looked not his usual fluent self. Um, the bowling attack has looked strong, but even Trent Bolt hasn't been at his absolute best. Well, well they've looked really strong is that the players he wouldn't have necessarily banked have really come through. Lockie Ferguson leading taker in the tournament. Matt Henry took seven in the first two for having a bit of an off day against on and that's perhaps not what
1: we would have anticipated from New Zealand at the start. No but that's probably a good sign for them yeah. because if their champions aren't really delivering yet and Southie's not played yet as far as I'm aware. Did you play no, he play the first one? No I he hasn't, hasn't played. played at all. Uh, then that's probably quite a good sign for them. We, we spoke beforehand about the, the strength of their seam attack and the depth of their seam attack and we are seeing that that play out. Uh, I thought Ross Taylor's kind of skittish innings here the other day was 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 kind of unlike him because he's been so solid in in recent times, but he still made runs. He still made run, a runnable 70 or 80 odd or whatever it was and and he's he's their key man along with Kane Williamson. And, and okay, Williamson has looked a bit scratchy, but he was still not out in the game that they played last week, the third game of their run so far. And I just think that of those, of the ten that we're looking at, if you think that, as Will rightly says, England and India do feel we do feel like they are playing a different kind of cricket here, uh, a more kind of expansive and scintillating game. I think New Zealand deservedly slip in there alongside them. Um, the, it's it's early days in terms of looking at the the league table. Only three t- three games have been played. South Africa have now technically played four after the washout today. But you are right. If we do have three or four days of, of ordinary weather, then the tournament is kind of more, prena- more prolonged or, or rather more moved along than, than maybe it would have appeared, appeared when you look at it with a naked eye. We also wouldn't have, been, we wouldn't have been expected to say at this stage that South Africa
2: are more or less gone. I mean they have to win every single game now. Yeah. with their game rained off today and hope other results go their way. And, and they's they not going to happen is it? No, it's not going to and they would have been one of the well they will not they semi-finalists. So they're kind of wiped out of the of contention. Um then yeah, we're down to probably four from four from five possibly.
0: Also the thing about the Kiwis is that if you if you're looking at the sort of other rivals for filling those say last two Slots in the knockouts They're just far more Reliable than I don't want to fall Too much into cliche But you, you know You just If you If you were Betting your life On, on Pakistan or on New Zealand You know where you're going Don't you mm. Or or New Zealand Or, or West Indies As well they, they just West Indies Had a golden opportunity To beat Australia The other day yep. And threw it away New Zealand had a opportunity to throw it away against Bangladesh and kept their heads and that's where I think the difference is
1: yeah it's unfortunate well firstly it's the British weather so you never know do you in 48 hours it could have cleared away certainly I think tomorrow ie Tuesday um the Bristol game I think people are going to be struggling to see much cricket there but after that Wednesday through Friday there are some delicious looking games that would Move this conversation on a piece. So you do hope that we can at least say get two results from three. So we have Australia Pakistan on Wednesday, India New Zealand on Thursday, and then England West Indies on Friday. And if you are saying will that still, it's looking like one from three, and a push maybe one from four, including Bangladesh. Although that's a bit of a long shot, then we'd go a long way to finding out the outcome of that. If we if these if these games were to actually play out, hopefully. We can get enough cricket. Um, I want to talk about the West Indies because they have they've charmed the cricket world. Well, throughout throughout their existence, they have. But as we know, it's been it's been a rocky time for them over the last ten to fifteen years. They've gone back to their roots, if you like. Um, they've rediscovered the the power of nasty, brutish, and short fast bowling, and they're playing shots from the get go. Um, you've seen them live, we will. How far can they go, do you think?
0: Well, they. I think it was It was a nice indicator three months ago, whenever it was, that they gave... They they got two all-draw out of England in the Caribbean. And then actually, since then, they're, they're a stronger team now. Andre Russell's back. There's a bit more... Evan Lewis is in the squad, although he's struggling a bit with his fitness. They're, they're a better squad now than they were then. So you suddenly start to wonder, you know... this that looks Poor like a proper. into the squad as Poor well. Poor is class. I know Phil's a big fan. It, it, they it, They just... They just look a really good squad, and they today they were able to bring in kemar Roach when mm. when Russell missed out they've got options they're not they're not eleven men who and then four substitutes
2: it's I think it's telling today that before the start of the tournament you'd have you'd have thought West Indies would be pretty happy to to take a point to take a share of the points from South Africa, mm. but actually that feels like a massive missed opportunity, even the bit of cricket they did play only got what seven overs in South Africa two wickets down, looking frazzled. You'd kind of you'd have put a fair amount of money on West Indies going on to win that game. I think, particularly
1: if it had been a, sh- mm. a rain reduced game, which looks like it might one stage. I, okay, I, I, I want to have a look at the three that we've mentioned. Okay, so we have the Windies, Australia as well. Now, you were here yesterday, Will, on on the Sunday afternoon, seeing India put Australia in their place. Really, in truth, I mean, it was a thirty six run. Uh, thrashing, thrashing. It <laughs> it was, was. If ever, if ever it could be <laughs> yeah. going down, it was ne- never in doubt at any point. No. Um, ignoring for a moment or sidelining India's kind of remorseless brilliance, which and it was a real statement performance from them yesterday. There are a lot of holes in this Australian side.
0: Well, I was I was watching the first ten overs of a game, and Rohit Sharma and Shikhar they tend to, didn't look in any great hurry against uh, Stark and Cummins up front, and you go, you're looking at it, you're going. I completely get this. I mean, Stark and Cummins probably didn't pitch it up like they could have done here and, you know, tried to get that edge. But never mind, let's just knock it around. We'll get 40 from the first 10 and then there's a lot of fun to be had because if Nathan Coulton is your third seamer in a in a World Cup, I I, I don't know, when you've got... You, James Pattinson's playing for Nottinghamshire at the moment. Yeah. Josh Hazelwood's getting ready for the Ashes. And I think, well, just chuck one of them in at least. You know, try that.
1: Do, do you think with Hazelwood they, they made a call based on the Ashes? It sounds like it. Yeah. yeah,
0: it does seem to have been It's that. almost like
1: they've won too many World Cups. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and not enough Ashes in England since yeah. 2001. They're so desperate to get <laughs> that back. Um,
1: Joe, what were your impressions yesterday? I know, you, I know you had you had the temerity to have a day off. No, but well, you, but I, was you, you, I was still watching. No, have done, done your the homework, Cup, no doubt. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it was... I thought Australia looked like
2: they were trying to exactly replicate India's innings whilst forgetting that they don't have the the players to actually carry it through. even
0: more importantly that... For your Nathan Coulter-Nile, they were going to have to do it against two wrist spinners who were absolutely class. You That's know. the key, isn't it? Well, That's exactly.
2: The key. Well, exactly. And obviously, they, they messed up the run. I mean, Maxwell should have come out much earlier. But I think after 10 overs, they were actually exactly they're the same the scorer same, or, yeah. or one or two runs different. But this is what Sharma and Darwin do, not just in England against a good attack. They do it pretty much everywhere. And they always catch themselves up. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Kohli. And then you've got Pandya. And then you've got Dhoni. And Australia just don't have that. So they're going to have to go harder at the start. Uh, at least one of Finch and Warner has to go. Oddly, against Indian, neither of them went. Mm. Warner got particularly stuck, and then obviously Warner ran Finch out, and then played it. Played what was in the end a shocker of innings. He had to. He had to stand and catch himself up for that not to be a terrible innings, and he didn't get the opportunity to do that because he he got himself out.
0: Well, it was also really odd after uh, Pandya had sent out. Pandya had been sent out at number four ahead of Rahul, who can really whack it, and Dony as well. But... And, and England did the same on Saturday with Joss Butler. They got him up to number four, as they always do when they're in a position to go really big. But Australia thought, no, nah, don't worry about it. We'll send out Usman Khawaja to knock it around for a runnable 40-odd, rather than... And just had Maxwell sat there. And then by the time it came to Maxwell, you were by the time he came out, it was into something ridiculous territory and that's not fair on your star talent is it you can't expect him to work miracles every time you've got, to, you've got to give him a chance it
2: just struck me as very odd when you've got Ricky Ponting standing there on the balcony as well Indeed. who's uh, was obviously a brilliantly aggressive batsman also a brilliant thinker of the game is he, is he not sitting there thinking this is the time to get Maxwell out there mm. we've heard him on commentary a lot as well and he's always talking proactively so maybe he's not getting his way or maybe he knows that he's not going to it's, it's Langer's
1: call cool and he's not going to get too too involved but it did strike me as odd yeah just in in brackets on that point when he was captain Ponting, he was routinely described as a safety first conservative rather unimaginative captain. Now that might just have been australia's attitude maybe with with, with s k Warren yeah b- b- play, you know play playing a few tricks in the background, but he was not considered in the way that he is now to be this great kind visionary, of tactical yeah. visionary. Uh, you know, master of all his surveys. I, I, I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think Ponting's role was particularly key in what happened yesterday. Langers would have been though mm-hmm. completely, and and surprisingly, considering how Finch reacted. I mean, you know, he took the dressing room apart. It was spectacular. You would have thought that he would have said, "Look, this is desperate stuff." By his reaction and by the state of Warner's innings, it was. It was time for desperate death, uh, desperate measures. They didn't. They didn't take the obvious option. And by the time Maxwell did turn up, and you know, twenty-eight and from fourteen balls, the game was already done. For what struck me, you mentioned the two spinners for India. If if Australia are leaning on Adam Zampa and Glenn Maxwell and Nathan Lyon, who I thought were well brilliantly against England, by the way, in the mm. warm-up game a couple of weeks ago, if Lyon's on the bench and they're using those two spinners, a set against India's two, then there's not even a, co- a conversation to be had about Australia bothering the last stages of this tournament.
0: My hunch would be that we'll see Lyon for the first time on Me too. Thir- Wednesday when they play Pakistan, because they've got a lot of lefties, haven't they, Pakistan, and Lyon bowls, as we know from Ashes series, whatever, whatever the format, Lyon's going to bowl well at lefties, but also because Zampa took a bit of a pasting yesterday, he's, Zampa's a, he's a, he seems a great bloke. Um, and he's a willing cricketer, but I'm not sure he's in the class of either of Rashid's or either of bit, India's wrist spinners or Shadab Khan. I don't think he's in that league.
2: He looked a bit frazzled to me as well. It looked like it was kind of getting the better of him. It w- I spoke to Sam Perry of the great cricketer after Australia's first game, I think it was, and we were talking about how they can go far in this tournament. And he said, because at this stage I was asking, is the Englishman getting a bit worried because Australia were looking a bit good? Mm. And he said, basically, don't worry. It seems like their their tactic is play it safe and hope someone does something extraordinary. And that's exactly the way they seem to play it against that's, India. And essentially
0: and lean that, on six blokes as well. You yeah. Know, six really good players. And
2: again, we saw if, if Cummins and start don't take early wickets, then that, that is going to be a real struggle for them. Some reliefs. We're all right. <laughs> yeah. You, no? you never know, though. You never <laughs> know with this
1: crowd. OK, the third in this equation is Pakistan, uh, who obviously, true to form, stunk the place out in the first first game and then were irresistible against England. Putting three, four, eight—I think it was—on the board in their second. Talk me through the, the the eternal enigma that is Pakistan.
0: Well, I thought that result last week, um, the England game, while it was obviously very clearly a shock on the form book, it in that in the, in the bilateral series that came before, it had been coming a little bit. You know, Bangladesh had been scoring a lot of runs, and then they revamped their bowling attack to bring in a good good wrist spinner and two experienced proven left armers, which went, you know can bowl quite quickly and swing it so mm-hmm. y- on the surface of it suddenly you've got quite a good team there if you've got a group group of players who could al- already score runs and then you throw that in they're going to be competitive they've they've now got Australia this week and if they could do a number there then I think we're talking aren't we
1: Yeah I think we'll come to, to that particular tie later on in the show um, because you know, it's an interesting betting game I think Australia Pakistan uh, I think pa- Australia will be Emphatic favourites for that, I think Pakistan will will be around the kind of two to one mark. But personally, I'd be I'd be interested in Pakistan for that game. How would you see that one, Joe? Um, I wouldn't bet on a Pakistan cricket match to be
2: honest. <laughs> to be honest if I'm if I'm being completely frank, uh, you just never know what's going to turn up. I mean, you'd look at the leading run scorer, top wicket taking markets, but in terms of a result, mm. I, th- I think I'd leave that one well alone. Okay.
1: And um, of the three, then Australia, West Indies, Pakistan, we, we, we're going to give a respectful nod to Bangladesh but I think, I think we're going to leave them aside where, where are you going for that fourth spot
0: I'm, I'm going Australia yeah I think you'd I think, think their good players are good enough to win them just enough matches to then get found out in a semi-final
2: Joe uh, I'm going West Indies but I would also I'm not quite as confident on New Zealand as as I think Will is because I think we're reading too much. I think if any of the teams that we're talking about had had the three games that New Zealand had, they'd probably also have three wins at this stage. So mm-hmm. I think we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. If if New Zealand get a rained off game against India week, this week, then that's an absolute <laughs> result for them and puts them in a really really strong
1: position. Yeah, so that one's on Thursday, um, India New Zealand. And actually, I don't, think the forecast is too, uh, I
2: don't think the forecast is too bad for that one. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's right yeah. right. yeah, it's better later in the week. So we'll... We're hearing okay, Will McPherson, who who's who's charmed charmed you from this tournament so far?
0: Well, we mentioned those those sort of the sort of cabal of Kiwi seamers, um, and Lockie Ferguson was this sort of figure who I was aware of who bowled fast, uh, and then he's turned up and he's worn all black everything. It's the long shoes, sleeves, isn't it? long sleeves on a on a on a proper quick do it for me. Like it's all right, sort of watching a county plotter come in and do it with long white sleeves on, but long black sleeves is something else and he he's properly quick mm-hmm. and he's also representing I think a wave of properly quick bowlers who are doing it in the tournament so you know Stark and Cummins have been missing from ODI cricket for quite a while because they get looked after and then Archer's suddenly turned up, Wood's back it's, it looks, with some proper pace kicking around O'Shane Thomas. And so.
2: Ferguson's the quickest of the lot this year in ODI cricket according yeah to that's Crickfish.
0: right yeah, I, I, I didn't Just notice him in any of the sort of Crickviz were doing some of their sort of quickest balls of a tournament and stuff. I didn't notice him in that. But then I did think, watching him live the other day, that he looked as quick as any of them to the naked eye. So, you know, you can look at the gun, can't you? But sometimes you just look at a bloke and are like, oh, wow, he is rapid.
1: OK, then, Joe, what have you learned then, aside from all the other stuff that we've been talking about every day for the last week? Um, what have I learned? In, in, in the last
2: couple of days, I've learned that um, Mohammed Shazad's Afghanistan's keeper batsman is a very angry man, um, very upset man, as you'd expect because he's been withdrawn from Afghanistan's World Cup squads. But there is a an element of controversy around this with him declaring that some people in the board have conspired against me. Um, so the, the background to this is that he got injured in Afghanistan's warm-up victory against Pakistan, a knee injury which he was managing. Uh, played the first two games of the tournament, got a duck and seven, I think. Uh, at this point, he went for a test on his knee, and Afghanistan said he's not fit. We're taking him out of the squad and replacing him with with a specialist keeper, uh, Ikram Ali Kil. Uh, Shazad thinks that they've got rid of him because they don't want him in the squad. Mm. Afghanistan are saying, "Look, the bloke's injured. We haven't got another keeper, crucially, in the squad, so you can't have a semi-fit keeper." So they brought this guy in, um, and he's and he's not best pleased, and he's not he's he's not someone to kind of. Shirk the limelight at any any point, um and now he feels like he's been hard done by he's, he's letting the world know about it it's a real shame isn't it because World he's, Cup he's, needs characters like him absolutely like
1: yeah and and he's in many ways the the face of 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 the Afghanistan story along with rashid Khan what's your impression of it will well
0: it is i I'd, I'd echo that because it's a shame, not least because his reputation has been built on this slight being sort of slightly jolly chubby funster kind of character who. Who sort of blocks it behind the stumps and whacks it when he's in front of them, and and he, now maybe Afghanistan is sort of moving on from him a little bit. Maybe their sense is maybe they're professionalising a little bit well, beyond having a sort of eighteen stone keeper or fifteen stone. I'll be generous, but I, I
1: do like I, I loved watching him keep wicket and taking it beat above his yeah, head. Though, cause cause it always looked like he was falling off a ladder <laughs> <laughs> just up the side of some scaffolding. <laughs> beautiful.
2: Mark Nicholas made the point on commentary during the uh, New Zealand Afghanistan game that. There is evidence that that the fun journey that Afghanistan have been on has now got serious, which is good mm. in some ways, but also has has a flip side. And we saw that with the captain getting ditched on the eve of the tournament. Um, Rashid Khan coming out and openly disagreeing with that decision, even though he was made t Twenty captain. So there is there signs that the kind of maybe the fun has stopped to a certain degree. Uh, that's also but when the fun stops. Stop, and, and that's yeah, absolutely, and then. That's only going to be uh, kind of more and more obvious as a tournament like this goes on because there are so many games. And we have if, given that they've lost to Sri Lanka, there has to be a real possibility that Afghanistan lose every game in this competition now. You and that's, that is no fun. So we no shouldn't fun.
0: shirk the fact that Afghanistan, for all the great story and the absolute extraordinary journey that they've been on to be at this point, have been really disappointing in their first three games. You know, I've, I was sort of thinking... Afghanistan are not going to be anywhere near the last four but they might have a say about who gets there and then now you're thinking if they if anyone t- loses to Afghanistan they really cocked up and really messed up their chance to get to that last four so they, they have been disappointed they haven't had anywhere near the discipline required to be playing sort of ODI cricket they play playing it's, everything's so frenetic it's all very T20-ish and you can understand how that does happen mm. when the opportunities have been slim it'd but be, it'd be interesting to see if it evolves
1: just in the short term across these nine games for them. If by the end of this run, there is a more circumspect, measured approach, as opposed to this kind of almost hilarious or kamikaze yeah. wildness as if they're playing
2: 10-over cricket. Just calm
0: down and get 260, lads. Just yeah. and, and even if you lose by five wickets, doing that, just...
2: Particularly in this tournament, where actually that might well be enough, particularly yeah. if you've got Rashid Khan in your side. But this shouldn't come as a huge surprise. I mean, they... They ended up winning the qualifying tournament, but they they scraped through in that tournament in Zimbabwe. I mean, they pulled off a kind of sporting miracle to, to mm. get that far. They needed to win every single game, having lost a couple early doors. Uh, so they're not remarkably consistent, even at that level. So this shouldn't come as a great surprise. It's actually not like when Ireland were the best associate in the world. I don't know Afghanistan now full member, but Ireland won every single game they played against every associate, pretty much. Afghanistan hasn't been like that lately. Um, And now we're seeing that having that step up in unfamiliar conditions against a swinging ball, spinners aren't quite as potent,
0: they're falling a bit short. The brilliant thing is, a week tomorrow they're playing against England on a used pitch in Manchester, so I don't need to tell you what happens in that (laughs) game, (laughs) (laughs) I'll just let it happen. Oh, if only, (laughs) if
1: only. why so many empty seats, Will? And and I ask you this partly in light of the conversation, not the conversation, the piece that you wrote for the Standard and which we, we discussed before we came on the show. You wrote the piece, which is in the paper today, um, that while the tournament's quality has been there and the excitement has been there, accessing it and eyes on it have maybe been a problem, certainly within the UK.
0: Yeah, so the 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 essence of that piece was that I've obviously been to a few games and to be at those games, particularly the ones involving subcontinent teams and England, makes it feel like there can be no other sporting event going on, but this is the hottest ticket in the UK and everyone's talking about it. And mean, you step away from the ground and you get beyond Vauxhall Station where they've got nice signs up and livery and all that kind of stuff, and actually, well, you know, the people aren't really talking about it. People, I feel like people are struggling to... Access uh, it. It's obviously on pay TV, which is uh, it, it's obviously such a complicated debate in this country that that question. And the Channel but Four highlights that I mean,
2: we got quite excited about are being shoved on at one in the morning. Exa- as well, that's a big problem. After a goggle box repeat, yeah, I from saw. two days, which was shown
1: two days earlier. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. so all of that.
1: We we, we were told they'd sold ninety five percent of tickets. Yeah, That's and not immediately evident when you look at certain games, is it? No,
0: there, there have been those games like India Australia yesterday where you can't see your your white seat there. You, you could just see blue and a occasional yellow shirt, and then the England games have generally been like that. But then there have been a few others in between in places like Cardiff, possibly where it just hasn't. You know, there have been banks of empty seats, and Bristol as well, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I don't quite understand, but. I don't quite understand why that is. I presume those tickets were were sold, but uh, because ninety five percent sold, so there were five percent that weren't, and they are smaller grounds. So a th- you are talking a few thousand seats, maybe, but still, mm. why? I, I, I actually don't know. Yeah, it's
1: an, it's the ongoing discussion about the accessibility of English of cricket to to the British public. Uh, I don't think that one is closed for a second. Um, just moving on there, just briefly, you've registered retired, Joe. Is there something else that you've learnt today? No, it's something I learnt, yeah. Always learning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, one of the greats. One of the, one one of the, the, ap- the World Cup legends. One right?
2: absolute great absolute um, I And obviously, well, there's 2007 World T20, smashing Stuart Ball for six sixes, which immediately comes to mind. But more importantly was the 2011 World Cup, which when you look back on it, it was obviously Tendulkar's crown and glory. It was Dhoni in the final in Mumbai. But actually, Yuraj Singh was the player of the tournament in, mm. in that tournament. Um, scored a lot of runs, took a lot of wickets as well, bowled really well. Scored a brilliant half century against Australia in the quarterfinal to get them through there. Yep. Um, and yeah, he, he was deservedly the player of the tournament. And that perhaps has got forgotten as the, as the years have gone by. Maybe not in India, but but elsewhere. Just what an extraordinary player he was. And to make it all the more extraordinary, I was um, writing a piece on 2011 World Cup um, a couple of months ago. And... Obviously, soon after that, he was diagnosed with with lung cancer and spent quite a a while out of the game before um, miraculously coming back and playing for India again. Mm -hmm. But actually, there were signs of that even during that World Cup that the Indian backroom staff were very concerned about him because he was short of breath. Um, He was having dizzy spells during training. And at that point, Yuraj later in his career wasn't the fittest bloke. But in 2011, he was one of the best fielders in the world still at that point. So there was concern. So he was going through all this. Whilst t- churning out these incredible performances, um, and yeah, being the being the standout player in that in that tournament, so an extraordinary player um, who is probably maybe not got his dues outside of India in the way that he deserves. That's kind of my impression. But perhaps because he didn't quite crack Test cricket,
0: he's definitely got a really funny relationship with English cricket. I think you know he obviously whacked Broad for the six sixes and Peterson had that sort of pie chucker thing with sure, him. Yeah. But he also had that one of my early cricket. Uh, at the ground watching memories was that 2002 uh, NatWest series final where he and Mohammed Kaif pulled off that absolutely yeah. ridiculous chase after Nasser had done his uh pointing at his shirt to the and that to was the Ganguly topless Ganguly, on Ganguly. the balcony yeah, yeah and and that was just absolutely that was I think i like, certainly when I first became aware of your Singh I, I think it was also when he first sort of announced himself to as a serious cricketing force, so you know, we're talking 17 years on, but he's finally retiring. What an extraordinary longevity, as well. Well, as, know,
2: as I was just thinking about it, the 2008 Chennai test, which was obviously Tendulkar's test, it was the first overseas test match I ever covered, um, which makes me feel pretty old when he's retired. But that was that innings when I think people thought that maybe he'd crack test cricket after having a few chances, not quite making it. I think he was 85, not out, the kind of support act, Tendulkar's 100. Uh, but then it just never, never quite happens. And I think he will. Obviously, we have more and more players who are fantastic, but don't play Test cricket. Now there were still relatively few at that point. And he was probably one of the one of the ones of that era who was the best players, not to quite crack Test cricket.
1: Every week on, on this show, we, we talk to one of Betfair's um, recognised experts who who add a little bit of meat to our kind of wild generalisations and, and hopeless attempts at guesswork. Uh, Paul Krishnamurti's joined us this time around. I had a quick chat to him uh, earlier uh, to see what he's got his eye on for the next few games. OK, then. Yes, yeah, so I'm here with Paul Krishnamurti, professional gambler, Betfair contributor and cricket analyst um hi paul how's it going so far and more importantly how are you going to deal with what looks like a pretty heavy duty rain delay over the next couple of days well it's been fantastic so far um really good start to the tournament but this is super frustrating isn't it um so i think at this point with
3: at least three days of bad weather apparently ahead of us Mm -hmm. we see how that affects betting markets now there's two particularly obvious ways it helps obviously there's a high chance that we're going to see much shorter games settled via Duckworth Lewis mm-hmm. now in that case you want to be very careful for taking a very short odds on favourite in a match mm-hmm. because you know you lose the toss that, that can swing incredibly quickly over 25-28 overs um, so I think certainly we should be we, it might be worth following some outsiders in the days ahead. Mm-hmm. And a specific market that really affects is top batsmen, mm-hmm. or top uh, match batsmen as well. Mm-hmm. Because, obviously, in a shorter game, the openers have got an even better chance of top scoring. Yeah, yeah, yep. And then, in addition to the openers, we need to be looking for those players
1: around number 7, number 8, who could be promoted yep, yep. quite considerably because of their power. Now, it doesn't look like a match
3: is going to be played today, uh, but one bit I had today, for instance, well, I, I, I backed Andre Russell at 10-1 for the Windies, mm-hmm. but also I backed Chris Morris at 25-1 to 1 for South Africa because Morris can go crazy, and he could easily be promoted yep. to 3-4 in that scenario. Yep. Yep. So, um, moving forward, then, um, tomorrow's game, um, sorry, not tomorrow's game, Wednesday's mm-hmm. game, Australia-Pakistan. Now, this is one of those games where the betting looks too one-sided. I mean, even if there's no weather problem at all, Mm -hmm. I don't see that Pakistan with a 3.2 chance have got a better than 31% chance of beating Australia. Um, I think if we'd had this match a year ago, it'd probably
0: been pretty much
3: Mm -hmm. 50-50. And we saw against England that Pakistan remain an absolutely world-class side on their day. Mm -hmm. They can be anybody, and they look a completely different outfit with Wahabrius and Muhammad Al
1: Amir back, and especially with a bit of rain around as well. I mean, they can swing it all over the place, you know, under leaden skies and so on. Okay, I like that. Throwing it forward, then India, New Zealand. I think I believe is on Thursday. Um, what are you thinking there?
3: Well, I mean, again, we have to be wary of the weather because, I mean, generally, I mean, I'm, I'm a very pro New Zealand person at batman start, but as the tournament's going on, I'm really really becoming pro India. Yeah. I just don't see who who scores the overs against scores against them in the middle overs. Yeah. Yeah. They
1: were brilliant, weren't they, against Australia?
3: Absolutely amazing, yeah, absolutely. And South Africa as well, but mm-hmm. we just totally control South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, but in terms of betting I wanna be wear, I'd be wary of taking the one point five India because it could be a short match. Mm-hmm. So just one little bet there on the same theory about the bats from being promoted. Thirty-five
1: to one, Mitchell Santner to be top New Zealand back. Nice. Who, who, who played well against Bangladesh? Of course, yeah. I saw them home nervously when it, when all else was was falling around him. Okay, I like that. Mitchell Santner thirty-fives in that one. Just a couple more then. England, England Windies, and then Australia, Sri Lanka. Well, England Windies. Similar comments to the Australia Pakistan
3: game. Um, I even if that match isn't shortened. Windies are just too big there from a trading point of view. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not easy to take like a case against England, sure. But Windies can beat anybody. They score 421 in a warm up.
1: Right. And yep.
3: if they, if they back, if, 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 when they start their innings and Gale starts well, those odds will completely crash. Mm-hmm. It's exactly the sort of bet where you'd get on them at 3.7 and start the game and hope that at some point in the match, the match becomes 50 yep. 50 and you yep. cash out and make a profit. Yep.
1: Makes sense. And Australia, Sri Lanka.
3: Well, Australia are going to win that. Um, can't see anything else than that. Sri Lanka look absolutely poor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the one bit that really stands out in that match is 4-6 to six Australia to hit the most sixes. Okay, nice. nice. S- Sri, Lanka, Sri Lanka just haven't been hitting sixes against anyone, warm-ups or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think two or three will win that for Australia.
1: Okay, and just finally, finally then, the India-Pakistan game, the one that we, could, we can all look forward to on Sunday, this upcoming week. Uh, no markets up as yet, I believe, on, on the exchange, but... Uh, Are you seeing a similar kind of pattern with Pakistan being potentially underrated and that being reflected in the market?
3: I think so. I think so. I mean, you know, once again, I mean, I I, I am very pro-India and I'm not particularly going to take them on. But if we're looking at 3.7 for Pakistan in, in, you know, that game in particular, Mm -hmm. that, you know, ultra-grudge match... Um, Yeah, that's worth a trade at some point. I don't think that India will just uh, totally dominate Pakistan. I think that game will see ebbs and flows. So get on the the outside and start the
1: game. Fabulous. Thank you, Paul. Much appreciated as ever. Best of luck this week as well. And we'll be chatting to you again later in the tournament. Thank you. Okay, then. So we're... we're Getting to that point of the show, the Phil v Joe challenge—that really does trip off the tongue, doesn't it? Um, armed with a with a hundred quid, kindly donated by Betfair over the course of the World Cup, Joe and I have been going head to head in a betting challenge. With all proceeds, uh, whatever they may be, going to Chance to Shine, uh, the brilliant state school cricket charity. Okay, Joe, still live. What bets have you got running for the tournament and how are they looking? Uh, I've had a reasonable week, actually. You had Roy,
2: didn't you? So, Jason Roy, top-run scorer. So, yeah, we're feeling pretty chuffed with that one. Uh, so, he is just behind Shaqibah Huss- Al-San as top-run scorer so far. So, that's looking pretty decent. Yep. Uh, Pat Cummins to be leading wicket-taker. Yep. I think he's got six from three, which puts him behind two behind the top, which yep. that's that's running all right. Sri Lanka, Wood and Spoon, given they've beaten Afghanistan got a point in a rained off game against Pakistan they probably that's probably not going to come through but okay. you never know we need Afghanistan to to pull off a couple of wins uh, which could happen but is looking unlikely I would say
1: okay My, mine that's still running uh, Sharma to be top runs in the tournament at 20s uh, he's made 150 so far yeah de Koch, forget that moving on <laughs> uh, and, and Root in England that I bored you about before I just love this bet Root in England 33 to 1 um route to be top-runs England, obviously, to win the thing at 33s. But you think thinking they were going to win the World Cup? I, I think at 33s. It's all about the odds, Joe. Listen, <laughs> yeah. listen to I'm what le- I'm learning Ed this. Hawkins I'm all, <laughs> and all, all the big dogs tell us. It's all about the odds. Okay, last week's bets. Well, we both went on Rohit Sharma to, top, to be top-runs against South Africa. Ed Hawkins and, told us too, didn't he? Yes, he did, yeah. And and he he did the business, Julie, for us. We also both went on Nicholas Poran to, to be top-runs against Australia, and he batted beautifully for 40-odd and then rather gave it away. Yeah, well, when he bats that well, you feel that maybe you should get like a little payout, but I don't think that's how
2: it works (laughs) with the Betfair exchange, does it? No joke. Aesthetics, come into (laughs) it. Okay, so what have you got this week? Uh, This week, my three bets are uh, Lockie Ferguson, who we've already discussed, Mm -hmm. uh, at 7-2 on Sportsbook to be New Zealand's top wicket-taker against India at Trent Bridge. Um, He's bowling extremely well. He also... Doesn't take the new ball, which I, I think is an advantage against India because Shikhar and Rohit don't really lose their wicket too often early in early in innings. So I'm I'm bank, banking on him to come in, take a few middle order wickets uh, to take that one. Mm-hmm. Then I've got Shimon Hetmeyer at seven to one on sportsbook to be West Indies top run scorer of the England at uh, Southampton on Friday. Uh, my thinking there is that Archer will will take a couple of wickets early doors, bit of rebuilding. Yep. Um and Hetmeyer hasn't quite got going yet. Um, did he run himself out? I'm trying to remember his dismissals. He and Hope had a mix up, didn't yeah. they? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I thought he looked really good actually for what was thirty odd, was it? I think against, yeah. a- against Australia. Um Will, your impressions of Meyer is he as
0: as special as people want him to be? Well he's I've, he's absolutely class. I also think he could be like uh, this sounds a bit this bit nerdy, but I think he could be the Gears Bowl against England, or Hampshire Bowl as I are calling it at the moment, he could be it's it's the biggest ground in England. I actually think because he's that sort of classy hits gaps, but also can clear the fence. I think that could work really well for him. He's got all the different gears, which maybe not all of the West Indians do. They're a bit sort of hit fifth straight away and get caught. You could see them getting. Cut. I like that. Some good logical thinking about it far more
1: than I was. <laughs> that's, that's real good. insight, right. rather than just very just confident just
2: now. <laughs> just half I think that's a good fun. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Very nice. And finally, Joe? Uh,
2: And then finally, Kushal Pereira at 9-2 on Sportsbook to be Sri Lanka's top run scorer against Australia on Saturday. He's the only one who's batting for them, isn't he? He has to be an opener. Karuna Ratner might bat through the 50 overs (laughs) for 12, (laughs) but (laughs) But Kushal Pereira only has to bat three overs to get as many as that. So that's that's my methodology there.
1: Also (laughs) worth pointing out the odds that you've referenced there all on Sportsbook, but when the markets come up on the exchange, then you'll get those odds and probably better as well on the exchange.
2: Yeah, I mean, at the moment, with the weather as it is over the next few days... I've avoided the exchange, but as you say, yeah, we can you can start to look at those odds as you get closer to the match.
1: Yeah, well, I'm I'm going um, on Pandya in the India game at twelve to one, and the reason why I'm going for Pandya now, obviously, he's following three monsters beforehand, but this is likely going to be a rain affected game, in which case, reduced overs hitters become all the more relevant, and hitters that are traditionally going in there at 5, 6, 7, 8, may well get promoted, may well get, get moved upwards. Uh, and Pandya was irresistible on Sunday against Australia, 46, I think, in 26 ball, 24 and, and balls. And he, he was throughout the IPL as well. I mean, this was no one-off. Yeah. It's kind of what he does more often than yeah. not. So it's though. likely, sorry, well, it's likely that he'll, he'll bat four again. Yeah. It's all the more likely if it's reduced overs game. Um, and I'm kind of vaguely clinging to this idea that Bolt might winkle one or two out um, of that terrifying top three of, of India, thus bringing Pandya into the fray.
0: It's also Trent Bridge, so that means runs, doesn't it? And someone like him, it, w- who doesn't sort of fear any boundary, and no boundary is big there, Just, le- I think he's going to go massive again.
1: Yeah, I can see that. Um, have a look at the, the weather forecast beforehand. I'm going to wait right until the last to put this one on, because the other the other one I fancy in the same game is uh Raul because he will bat four if it's a flat one and the sun's out. Right. And, uh, and he and he's 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 due he's due due an inning so uh, however it plays bend, out. bending the rules here. I no no, no no you can bet before the game starts. You can well, bet before the game starts. <laughs> oh my understanding was you had to make your statement here <laughs> and now but We'll All see. right. Well, I have, but I've just hit it. Massively. <laughs> he number four. Okay. <laughs> v- very briefly, I'm going best O top runs against West Indies. He's due. He looked like he was back in form the other day, 50-odd. It's his go. It's his go. He's had three uh, unremarkable innings so far. Obviously, he got a first baller. It, it, you know, in the first over that in the corner. That was quite remarkable. But yeah, it? yeah, okay. Remarkable <laughs> in such a way, yeah. Anyway, I'm going best top runs yeah. in that one. Um, and... Just for a laugh, I'm going to put no more than about 20p on a double of Pakistan and and West Indies at 10 to 1. Pakistan against Australia, West Indies against England at 10 to 1. Just for a laugh. All right, uh, hardly needs me to say, but please, for crying out loud, gamble responsibly. Uh, th- this has been the Wisdom Cricket Extra podcast in partnership with Bex Fair Exchange. We'll be back next week, I imagine, Joe. Uh, next Tuesday, you will, I won't be. Oh, you're not doing it anymore? No, I'm <laughs> up. I'm, not, I'm. I'm carrying on. I'll be on my way to
2: Old Trafford from England, Afghanistan. Ah, of course. So yes. you'll be with uh, with Robin Smith, former
1: England batsman. Yes, I, th- I think to know more about the show than you, even though you're serious, doing it. That's a serious upgrade, isn't it? Yeah. Right. So I've replaced you with Robin Smith. Yeah. I'll take that. Okay but before then uh, you can listen to the Wisden Cricket Daily podcast which just keeps on rolling. Thanks ever so much for your time. Hope you enjoyed it and don't forget to subscribe.
0: Podcast Network.